They bloody should have, though, Luke. They bloody should have. Goldsborough. Bring your bring your pattern and your cameras to Goldsborough. You're guaranteed a return. Not much in this life is guaranteed, but goals at Hillsborough this season. It's guaranteed. <laughs> 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 oh, that's, that's cold. <laughs> Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, I can finally unmask as the chief songwriter for the Wednesday band. Hot on the heels of his recent smash hit, Our Number Nine, he spent portions of the first half penning a torch song to George Hurst called This Could Be Us, But You Play In. Uh, but, <laughs> but he was just as glad as everyone else to rip that up for a rousing round of Hursty, what's the score? The Stephen Sondheim of S6, Dr. Luke Ledall. How are you doing today, Luke? <laughs> I'm doing well. It's it's uh, miraculous. I've managed to, um, you know, get across there and get my get my um, get my songwritings out to the world, and uh, I did did it all on four hours sleep. So yes, good work. It, so yeah, for, uh, just to squeeze some sympathy out of listeners, what what time what time did uh, did the game kick off for you today? Uh, it would be five thirty a.m. Uh, MST. Um, I don't think so. Rich and I were chatting about this. I don't think anything was covered on. I, I hate this whole like, oh, this has its own ending, you know, finish. Yeah. And it's really a dumb time that we put things on. Yeah. So I don't get it. Why don't you just do it at three p.m. then? I don't yeah, know. It's... it's very, very, very strange. And I mean, I I was really sympathising for the Portsmouth fans who've had a real nightmare of a trip up to watch this one. So yeah, that must have been a very early start for those those folks. But I'll try and shake off some of that lethargy to talk about talk about when. Good oh, good oh. And I guess there <clears> should be reason for celebration, hey? This is this is a this is a good day. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's um, see how miserable we can be. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, our, our usual sort of uh, way of things, which uh, which we refu- will refuse to change uh, in spite of uh, the playoffs, uh, will be to we'll we'll, we'll sort of uh, cover the midweek game and then we'll we'll work up we'll work our way to the weekend match. But um, yeah, it's been a. It's been a rose, rosy old week uh, in in the the life and times of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. Indeed, um, it has. So, do we want to just dive right into to some news? Let's do it. Breaking hoo hoos. They might be fleet of foot, but they're definitely fleet of wood. Uh, we. <laughs> We we yeah we moseyed on up and played. Do they call themselves the fish heads? Cod heads. Cod heads. That's it. Because there's a cod army. Uh, they could be the fish, after... fish heads and still be the cod army. Maybe. I know. think it's Grimsby the fish heads. Anyway, they <laughs> these guys love a bit of fish. Love a bit of fish, um, and they just want you to know about it. 
Uh, and we, uh, yeah, we made we made our way. This is so. This is a game we've been waiting a long time to play. This is this is one of our games in hand from from back way back when, right? It is. It is the uh, the end game from way out, <laughs> or some summit like that. I guess. What's I mean? Uh, oh, I thought I could try and figure it out. Oh, it's no, no, no. I forgive me, everybody. Sorry, I was trying to be clever and like. I think Flash Girls sometimes think of it, this is round 23. Yes, so, they do. I, don't I, they, I yeah. could not find that in retrospect. But it's it's from a uh, long time ago. Anyway, the game's been postponed, and this was one of the only times we could squeeze it into the calendar, which seems uh, hilariously late in the season to be doing such. Yeah, and it, it meant that it's, uh, it probably went from being a kind of ho-hum middle-of-the-season game to something quite important, I mean, vitally mm, important mm-hmm. from Wednesday's point of view. Um, <clears throat> I think the sort of game we really couldn't, uh, couldn't afford to lose, definitely, uh, and probably, probably had to win, really, to make, make sure we, were, we still had, uh, had our fate in our hands come this weekend. Um, and we, we did start off really well we we grabbed a goal very early doors um is it four minutes in the first goal came i believe as such yeah i mean so much that uh it nothing ever really kind of got going in terms of the game it's, yeah it's incredibly early on in my notes as well yeah third minute it was um yeah. just looking at my notes just to remind myself i didn't want to just kind of do like a full kind of debrief of that we'll we'll save that for the main meat of the episode which is yes uh, you know, see today's game against Portsmouth. But uh, one thing I really want to say from this, Rich, um, two words, cultured tenacity, and then a new <laughs> name, which is Lee Gregkamp. Ooh, nice. It was this just is lovely. It was so God, wonderful. Yeah. It was such a yeah. brilliant finish and just great. Like I said, just great, you know, very um, focused determination. Brilliant ball kind of clipped in. He kind of takes it on his chest. And then, you know, much to the protestation of the Fleetwood defenders, you know, the the main shit centre-back they have, um, yeah. I think it was, Mr. it was a gentleman wearing number 33, I recall, um, seemed to mm. really want to uh, rip the shirt off of Gregory's back oh, for the yeah, entirety yeah. of the time. And then they seemed to turn around in complaining that, I don't know, they, they didn't give away a penalty? I, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure what the protestations were, but it was very funny sometimes to see the joy of scoring a goal, but sometimes seeing a useless set of plums at the back yeah. muck around, like you know. And Ciala was the was would be 33. Was the gentleman in question who was uh, pretty yeah. fancy with Gregory, but fantastic from Gregory to just be like, no, I'm going to keep going, and just just such strength. Um, interesting bit on the commentary today. They were talking about the fact that Gregory was, you know, we've we've known that he's, um, you know, been had some associations on the uh, <laughs> the wrong third of uh, Sheffield, and um, he was actually rejected as a right back for being too small. So he's had almost a kind of wow. You know, he's not quite as much, not quite as storied as someone as Jamie Vardy, though. Hilariously, did actually play up top in a partnership at Halifax. With Vardy, ah, which right. was something I with thought Vardy. was interesting, which I didn't uh, didn't know beforehand, but yeah, rejected from a right back and said he was too small, and um, the grit and determination probably says a lot about his character. Having yeah. a, a situation like that, and to 
reinvent himself as one of the uh, the buffest uh, hot shit houses in the in the, in the <laughs> EFL. He's uh, he's. I mean, obviously, to, uh, this this game against Fleetwood was uh, was probably his best performance of the season for us. But also, he's followed it up with another great performance, and um, he's really in absolutely fine fettle at the moment. I mean, he's had, he's had good games and maybe looked less dangerous in front of goal prior in the season. But he just looks like he sort of fancies himself from any range with either foot um it's it's really nice to watch it's uh they're rare moments when you get a, a striker who's just just oozing goals <laughs> you know it's dripping it, the, the goal is dripping off him uh because it's yeah it's just it just it just becomes such an easy thing to do when players are in that sort of mode i i remember um marveling at some of the in particular gary medine's goal when he scored against Chesterfield um, last time we were back in in League One and it, it wasn't even that good of a shot but it's I just it almost like his own self belief made made Tommy Lee palm it into the roof of the net and there is that kind of <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean I I actually think I remember that goal specifically but yes sorry carry on yeah um, but that's what we we I mean, it's a great time in the season for it to be happening as well. But I think that's what we're seeing from Gregory. This was just such a great turn. He, he felt the defender behind him. He knew he was strong enough to to turn him. And the finish is glorious as well. I mean, it's not easy mm. once he gets in there. The keeper's trying to narrow the angle. Yeah. Um, and it was and, just and a you, really neat... And you would sorry. naturally think, yeah, no, sorry, yeah, it's a very neat goal, as you've said. I just uh, The interesting thing was... From that angle, you naturally expect a striker to go to the left of the keeper. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we can't see it from our angle, maybe gives him a bit of eyes and just tucks it into the corner. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great stuff. So I think probably, obviously, at three minutes, not much has happened in the game. But I think what there was of the game was looked looked fairly good for Fleetwood. Um, they were. I don't actually know what happened to them today, but they 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 are fighting for their lives, aren't they? They they were they were um, in very much in the relegation picture. So a win for them would have been invaluable. Probably would have seen them safe. It would, though. Um, just to kind of cut ahead to today, they did stay up because essentially they right. had a much better goal difference than Gillingham, who yes, I think had taken quite a number of serious poundings in this league. So um, they both lost. Um, basically, Gilliam lost 2-0 to Rotherham, who went up in second right. place. And uh, Fleetwood, I think at one point, were drawing with uh, Bolton, but lost 4-2 away. But they still right. retained retained League One status. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but but a team who hadn't won in quite a while showed yeah. quite a lot of fettle. And, quite a lot of bite. And then also Wednesday probably helped along that situation rather dramatically. Oh, hugely. Well, I think this has happened a couple of times this season. So th- this <laughs> this team has a weird, like a knife edge kind of mentality that I think a lot of the time we look, we can look nervy and a bit kind of, <laughs> I don't know, like not we lack self-belief. And then that is combined with periods where we just look like, we expect to turn up and for teams to just go, oh, it's it's Sheffield Wednesday. They're really good. So it just we'll just let them win. And and like this is one of those games that once we got that first goal, we didn't play like a team that wanted a second goal. We played like a team that were like six nil up. We were sort of 
playing we're very lackadaisical and slow around the back and just kind of i don't know there's tricks and flicks and things and maybe that's just how this team expresses themselves and, and and that's just the way it works but from as a fan watching you sort of just feel like you kind of well we've talked about so many times in this league you sort of need to win that fight to be allowed to go be fancy dance and i think this is one of those games again where we sort of forgot that we needed to go and fight um, at least temporarily. Um, I don't know if we've talked much about Keystone Cops, Luke, on this podcast. I was just thinking, when was the last time we got to speak about Keystone Cops? That's a bit that of a lovely. Uh, I mean, it's it's a dated reference, and the fact the thing that it rates it references is very dated, but then yes. it's also dated in kind of modern times. You know, I don't mm. think I've heard a manager talk about Keystone Cops since Brian Laws at Wednesday. Yeah, you know, so we're we're a good, we're a good twelve, thirteen, fourteen years ago in that process. So, but thankfully, the twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two Shepherd Wednesday team. What um, is old is new again. Exactly, hmm. they they did Keystone Cops X Jordan Story, <laughs> and. <laughs> They really changed it up. They put took out a fresh take on the classic and mm. a gritty reboot, uh, if you will. A gritty reboot. Or a languid spin. Uh, <laughs> as as happened in actual fact from John's story. Um, just, just the other just, week, Rich and I were at the cinema watching um the reboot of Keystone Cops, thinking we don't need another Keystone Cops film. And it's like, <laughs> no, no, uh, David Finch is gonna direct this one. Um and it's going to say it's dark. It's literally going to be dark, much like the shit Batman reboot. Be dark. And uh, yeah, there we go. And, and Jordan's story is going to be the Keystone Cop. Uh, <laughs> so it's all changed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where they got the name from. Okay. Well, that's... He was the original <laughs> Keystone Cop. And then he recruited his buddies. <laughs> so, yeah, so Story did this under really no immediate pressure he did such a kind of bombastic languid <laughs> pivot on the ball i mean this wasn't a cruyff turn it was it was a maguire turn we've talked about his turning circle uh, old old lurch harry maguire this was his sort of turning circle but with the ball at feet mm. um sort of the difference between a big wheel and the the london eye you know, this was just too, too big. It was too big. And he got closed down, sort of sent a player pretty much through on goal, but he was unselfishly cut, cut back. Um, and Hutchinson did quite well, I think, probably to get his foot on it, but it wasn't a very good clearance. And uh, Camps, under very little pressure, because um, Hutchinson was on the floor, uh, sort of fired it in at the near post and... Do you think it sort of well, it wasn't fine, it was more bobbled, wasn't it? It was a bobbly mm. kind of effort. Do you think for Tim Bailey Peacock Farrell should have done better? Yes, yes, I do. Yes. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like a very late reaction from from Bailey. Bailey. It was a weird pitch, wasn't it, at Fleetwood? It's very kind of tufty, long grass. It looked like somebody's garden. It was it was nasty. Than... It was so bobbly. Bobbly yeah. wobbly. Bobbly wobbly pitch. You see, I would have saved it, but it's such a bobbly wobbly pitch. 
there we go. There we go, folks. That's uh, that's a post quick, very uh, five second post match <laughs> post match interview with <laughs> Bailey Big O'Farrell. <laughs> Interestingly, it came out for five seconds, but there we go. <laughs> that's it. Never coming back. Um, thanks, Bailey. Thanks for your time. Um... <laughs> <sighs> and then and we followed that up with another not very good bit of uh, defending, right? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I don't even remember. Do you recall what happened for the free kick being given in the first place? No, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking I can't <laughs> really remember. It's kind of a nothingy foul near mm. the sideline, wasn't it? It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it's a good position to put a ball in, but it's not an immediately kind of dangerous position generally. No, because usually you would defend that pretty comfortably. Like, you know, any mm. any team organised and worth their salt that's practised defending set pieces would deal with that quite you, comfortably. You'd probably mark their top goal scorer and their only striker, wouldn't you? That's the sort of thing a team might do at a set play. But um, mm. not Wednesday. Not Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We... Decided that Joe Garner, the uh, tousled old vet, should be allowed to get a free header from this this free kick. Um, there was a bit of a, I think, more talked about after the game that Byers was fouled. Byers was on the floor and claiming to have been pushed. Yeah, because so. that was that was something I noticed from my own notes. Byers was protesting very heavily about being fouled. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you sort of feel like a ball into the middle of our box or, or to the penalty spot should be defended regardless. It shouldn't just be one person's job to, to no, knock that there's away. A, really. There's a collective, at least, you know, including more than one individual to try and vie to get on the end of that ball and, you know, head it wide, head it clear, whatever. Yeah, and so <laughs> this vitally important game that we can't afford to lose, we're now losing uh, mm. to a Fleetwood team that's... <laughs> We're, you know, we're we're, fight, we're fighting for it. They want they want it in, and I think probably the the biggest criticism you could throw at Wednesday in that first half is they looked like they wanted it more than us mm. um, at times. I think this is not a group that lacks desire, but in this performance, it was a bit. They were a bit. They were a bit lackadaisical in that regard. Um, the, I did did make a note about one lovely chance and a, and a kind of. How on earth did we not score moment that came around the 37 minute mark? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think that's the one that I would have guessed you would have brought up, Rich. <laughs> I, I said, Bannon fed up of watching these amateurs mess up his lovely passes, just goes it alone. <laughs> a twist and turn and a chip over the keeper, but unfortunately it hits the post. Uh, falls to Patterson, who steadies himself and wellies at goalwards, uh, but his sweet strike is acro- aerobatically, acrobatically. Uh, saved by the head of Clark um, and Gregory misses at the third time of asking I think he hit the other post well I thought like you, you know so you know wonderful clip to the back post you know mm. one of those kind of beautiful kind of pitch perfect is it a cross is it a shot no it's yeah. a shot you know wonderful you know has the keeper scrambling act you know bounce off the post falls yeah. to Patterson from my view I thought like he absolutely rifled it but I thought it was going wide. I thought he'd he'd kind of cracked it. One of those where Maybe. I thought he'd hit it very cleanly, but I don't think it was very accurate. I mean, it's a tight ah. angle to get. He's pressurized. I get that. Mm. And it was the bounce from the deflection that kind of just kind of agonizingly loots up onto the post. Right. So, yes. I I thought he'd 
his shot was going to hit, hit probably close very very close to the post but i thought it was going to go in but it, it, it's it's quite hard to tell we as we've said many times we don't get several angles uh we don't get slow-mos you know we just get we just get the one static camera in one place um how how have fleetwood got tom clark he's like a he's a very decent defender <laughs> i remember we were linked with him early on in carlos's reign when he was at um he was at preston north end i'm amazed he's that he's at fleetwood but anyway maybe he's a local lad or something i don't know he is in the uh, the ripe old age of his career of 34. <clears throat> I suppose. I suppose. Hmm. Interesting enough, he left Preston and went to Salford for a season. Oh, right. Okay. Interesting. Anyway. Which is another, another level down. Mm-hmm. But uh, sometimes potentially a more lucrative one. Sometimes. Well, yeah, certainly. Certainly with the, the coffers there at Salford, they'll, mm-hmm. they throw big money. They haven't quite figured out that there's not a huge amount of difference in many ways between a championship or a League One player and a League Two player. So they just throw oodles of cash at somebody from a higher... They've got ability to play at a higher level. It's like, yeah, but they are playing at your level. So... um... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just wrote at half time that we looked like robots that needed to be rebooted anytime something unscripted happens. Um, and that that Fleetwood, by comparison, looked sort of young and dynamic and on it, and we just looked a bit kind of static and uh, stodgy mm. <laughs> in the way in the way we were playing. Um, I yeah, I agree. The only kind of real positive was I was texting Rich on the side that the um, the the game was so bad it it made me think of it made me reminiscent of an old Sleepy Jackson first album song. Uh, come to this yes one of the main lines in the chorus is lord i don't know how it's come to this and that was and and that was a the only kind of positive i had that it was just making me feel so forlorn that it gave me a bit of nostalgia for uh for Mm. a very very old early noughties indie song that i enjoyed a lot it's a nice thing to be nostalgic about uh, yeah that's uh that's an album i spend a lot of time with uh in a certain period of my life Mm, me too (laughs) Um, so I've got to confess I missed a bit of a chunk of the second half because uh, I had a bit of a day of it at work I got in late <laughs> and was sort of umming and ahhing about what to do about dinner and then made the decision probably too late in the day that I would go at half time and get, get myself a, a Mackey D's um, so I missed the first 15 minutes getting a McDonald's, basically. So, did I miss anything? Um, I, I don't think there's really much else to talk about apart from just the the minute of glor- glory, glorified madness, really. Possibly Something... one of the most insane minutes of football I think we've, we will yes. cover. Well, just, um, we've not really talked lineups, which is fine. Uh, mm. But Something that plays into today. So we started the match with Story at the set. So it was, it was Palmer on the left, Story in the middle, and Hutchinson on the right. They swapped over, and Hutchinson went into the middle at half time, and that's how we started the game today. So um, just a bit of a maybe a kind of lesson learned that that it doesn't work. It works the other way around well, and doesn't work the 
yeah. Anyway, there we go. There we, I noticed that we'd swapped them round. Um, Wednesday made a double sub. Johnson and Byers off. Byers pretty peed off to be taken off. And uh, Mendes Lang and uh, Windass on. Um, and then, yeah, do you want to take us through the... You know, I don't have it on my notes, but it's something I've seen quite a bit, so I think I can kind of relay it as much as everybody else has seen it. But, uh, yeah, we we get it in. I think it was Mendes Lang who managed to kind of dig and kind of create and come into the box, was he? You put the final cross in for the equaliser? Was that the case? Um, No, so uh, Palmer went on the overlap from centre-back and found Luongo, and Luongo played the cross for Gregory. That was such a lovely kind of, uh, you know, golf chip shot cross into yeah. the box. And really, you know, all you really need at that point is someone to basically make a connection on it. And it seemed like Gregory had enough strength to be there, but maybe he was kind of interfered and kind of pushed by his man. And mm. however he managed to do it, you know, not as anywhere near as cultured as his first amazing goal. That no. allowed Luke to make comparisons with Dennis Bergkamp, um, but he <laughs> but he put it away, and you know I had it in the back of the net. I remember Josh Windus running up, picking the ball up and punting it downfield, because hey, we're going for the winner, mm. and Gregory Belly celebrates in that situation. We all return back to positions. They kick off. They play it in. Gregory comes out of this like an absolute hound. Chases it down, wins it, takes a few touches, gets it forward, and then from about 25 yards, just plows it into the corner. Oh, it's such a great finish. It's amazing. It's, it's such a brilliant goal. It, yeah. I, I found it difficult because I, mean, I think Lord Hillsborough was saying, which one of these is your favourite and had like the gifts of the free, you know, the hat trick <laughs> goals. I'm like, well, objectively, the first one is the, the best goal, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. But I mean... Yeah. The nature and everything that was set up, the background, the context, and it's a very good strike as well for his third hat trick goal. His the hat trick goal itself is yeah. is is just wonderful. So I don't know how I I feel you've got to say it's number three. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, for, I I don't really outside of computer games. I don't think I've ever seen in real life a goal like that third one. Where he just goes and immediately takes the ball off the guy that the ball's passed back to from the kickoff. He he then charges up what's left of the field and then just blasts it home. It's it's I mean it's incredible that it happened. So you know part of, as part of this turnaround, it's incredible how how important it was, how he held his nerve. Um, but just yeah, it's just amazing. And I think we ha- we benefited from good runs supporting him as well. Which opened up the the shot for him. Uh, that 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 sometimes goes um, goes unnoticed. So I, I think that really helped as well. But you think Windass yeah, kind um, of trailing off to the left, kind of really, you know, blazes and creates just, space on the right. It stops. It stops him getting teamed up on by their defenders, doesn't it? I think that's the key mm. thing there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, unbelievable. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. Again, probably the keeper should do better, but who gives a fig? <laughs> who gives a fig, indeed. And they all look dejected. Gregory goes off to celebrate, gives it the big one in front of the away end. Sorry, in front of one of the homestands. Yes. Uh, we get a few 
few young naughty Stone Island Chavers at Fleetwood come over to, uh, <laughs> to protest the fact that he's uh, celebrating in front of them. Gregory yeah. says, I actually prefer Haddock. <laughs> don't, don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> isn't it a sad day when it's, you go? To, isn't it a sad day when you go to the chippy and you ask for haddock and they don't? It's a finer grain, you know. It is a. It's a. I think it is my preference as well. But I, I can, I can get my uh, get my chip chops around a around a cod as well. To be fair, it, it's a comfortable those, those, standard. It's a comfortable standard. Yeah, you know, those cod heads will do for me in a pinch. And that was pretty much that, wasn't it? I don't really remember any scary moments. I know Windass had a chance near the end that he maybe should have bagged from. He did scuff one wide at the death. That was... You'd think a player of a standard would bag it, but then, you He's know, Rusty has been out a long time, etc., etc. Yeah. Nice to have him back. I think it was a boost to see him on the bench at the start of the game as well for uh, for everyone. Um if we yeah, if we've got an informed Gregory, uh, a Berahino that's chomping at the bit, and a Josh Windass starting to find some form heading into these uh, next couple of games, uh, then that's a nice position to be in in terms of those those spots up top. The only one that's not really cooking with gas is uh, is Pato, isn't it? But uh, he does what he does, <laughs> and that is mainly arguing with the referee. He he doesn't get fouls, and he argue. He makes friends with the referee. He's the kid at the school who breaks your heart, and you say, "Oh, have you made any friends?" Yes, the one of the dinner ladies, and you're like, "Oh no, this kid, <laughs> this kid's trouble." <laughs> That's Patterson in many ways. So that was that, really. Um, from from being down in the depths, it was a nice nice uh, position to be in, and and obviously, as we touched on, that it meant. Going into this weekend's game, we had our destiny in our own hands. It was it was up to us to uh, to decide whether we were playoff bound or we were going to somehow snatch mediocrity from the jaws of. It was it was such a weird game because it was it was something we needed to win. Mm. We definitely needed to win to put ourselves in a much much better kind of situation. But yeah, like it 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 didn't feel any more of an accomplishment. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. You know. Well, nothing was done at that stage, was it? That's the thing. I think. Yeah, it's still it's still very much a mathematic possibility, mm. or not even a mathematic possibility. Like the step. What is the step before a mathematical possibility? <laughs> Just a possibility. It, 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 I think. I suppose the only. Well, even that's not concrete, but. One thing it put potentially it, it it gave us the potential to draw and still make the playoffs, didn't it? That's the main <laughs> the main thing that happened with that victory, which is not the most exciting outcome at the end of the day. Mm. That's that's a real mumblecore indie films kind of happy ending. That uh, <laughs> you you win the chance to fail but still somehow succeed in the future. That's. That's, that's the that's the be all and end all of it. But anyway, we bring that mumblecore happy ending into today's game with with Portsmouth. I know what, what a cinematic uh, week we've had, Rich. I mean, we've had that reboot of Keystone Cops. We've had the mumblecore, you know, padding out the end of the 
independent cinemas lineup for the week. <coughs> and now we come to the big Billy Big Balls blockbuster of Sheffield Wednesday at home to Portsmouth. <laughs> a bumper sellout crowd. Bumper sellout crowd. It, wow, it felt busy today around Hillsborough. You could not move. Um, and going to the loo was an effort. Getting yourself, oneself a... <laughs> not, not even more so than, even more so than usual, right? Yeah, yeah. You get a one-zip your fly, take your chap out. It was a tight squeeze before <laughs> the usual tight squeeze. <laughs> so all four, all four sides of Hillsborough... Had Wednesday yeah. nights, had Wednesday yeah. nights in there. The, um... some folks. At, at one weird point, there was some in some folks in the kind of the little corner stand as well. I don't know what they were doing there. Just lost. The, the groundsman said, "I can, I can get you in. Don't worry about it. It's, it's a sellout, <laughs> but I know a spot. Nobody will notice. Don't worry." And, and Rich, I, I do love a, a dated reference, much like a Keystone Cops. Can I ask you, Rich? <laughs> so I couldn't really get a great handle of this from my footage richard miller was hillsborough the old lady was it rocking do you know this old lady was teetering and tottering and at times absolutely rocking out luke oh good stuff excellent that's good to hear um and so the uh, well because it I, I love what seeing when we can actually squeeze some wednesdayites on uh lepping's line rich and i went up <laughs> there for the away day with the fateful 2-2 draw with oh Yildo. yes you know, possibly, <laughs> possibly. The faithfully unfaithful like, game is. Yes, exactly. Everyone thought the sword of Damocles was over Alan Irvin's head, but it, apparently it wasn't. And uh, you I've know, actually got fellow... a badge about swords, and I've, I managed to avoid many a sword in the past. And I back myself against any um, clandestine uh, instrument of of brutality in that in that way <laughs> in the future. Is that Barry Bannon's dad or is it Alan Irvin? <clears throat> maybe, maybe we're one and the same. <sighs> Barry Bannon's dad's got a bit more. Uh, he's got a bit more. Uh, a bit more rose to his cheeks, right? <laughs> Ir- Irvin's yes, yes. Irvin's uh, cheeks are incredibly pale and flaccid from just being battered <laughs> by the, battered by the winds of Caledonia on uh, for, <laughs> for twenty years solid. Yeah, the, the blood, the bloodless husk that is Alan Irvin. Exactly. If we if we view the human body as a sweet corn kernel, then he is the, the pale, unembodied husk. I'm making it sound like he's undead. Mm, anyway, very much, very the away much day, fun. Rich and I got to go up there on the um, and uh, you know witnessed a, a really really terrible game of football. Yeah, it was and a bad fellow, game of football. It was fun to be there. Fellow Sheffield Wednesday podcast host Charles Coke absolutely uh, absolutely really fucked up a penalty. That day as well. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you that. And they all they all yeah. looked despondent because they let the mate Al down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh anyway. Lordy. That this, was, this was better, you know. Um I was wondering whether the um but I guess they had other uses for it, right? The I was I was hoping the cheese corner was gonna be open. That's where I was saying that weirdly weirdly the, there was like the, four people in the cheese corner. <laughs> <laughs> just at the start of the game and I was like I think you have to be here lads uh, I think you need to move along <laughs> <laughs> well the police have um, said if we can have four people who are placid enough 
then they can act as a barrier between the away fans and the home fans. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, police. For uh, thank you, thank you, Popo. Dealing with another great one, Popo. <laughs> um, but yeah, we uh, thirty-three thousand. Thirty-three thousand. Um, but it, it felt like I. Th- I think it's possibly testament to the fact that there's. That it's felt all season like maybe there's a few season ticket holders that aren't turning up that regularly. Um, because we've always been around 22, 23. And then for the teams that bring a lot, then it goes up a bit more. It maybe goes up to 24 or whatever, uh, 25. But this felt like way more than another 6,000 or 7,000 on top of a, a busy day. This was, it just felt like, it felt like a day out at Wembley or Cardiff in the past. It was just couldn't move for shiny, happy blue and white people. So it was a nicer atmosphere to be in pre-kickoff. And people just trying to get as drunk as possible ahead of uh, of noon, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we, we, we line-up-wise, do we want to work through the lineup for this one? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same other than deciding to, um, you know, get the, uh, get the old shepherd's hook out and... Uh... <laughs> Take take Mr. Kalump off stage and replace him with uh, Psycho Berahino. Psycho Berahino, swapping Scotland for Burundi. Exactly. Did you see any... Um, I, I think there have been some Wednesday fans who bought, brought a Burundi flag. Really? Games. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I did see some cool. footage of someone in the away end rocking a Burundi flag. Which nice. It's kind of fun. I saw. I did see there was a kind of movement to have inflatables that turned into a movement to have inflatable bananas and then there was there was a group of people that were like "Mm, there's a bit of a history with this guys and i think probably lay off the bananas if we can uh even though you know with the best oil in the world it's not a good look we also happen to be the only team in the football league as far as i'm aware that do not do the we don't like racism knee thing uh so (laughs) you know the combination just Let's just have, let's keep it fun. Let's keep it light. Sorry, I'm still, I'm still laughing at the we don't like racism knee. That's my thing. <laughs> I think that's what it's officially called. I think that's right, isn't it? That's the official. It's the UN. No, thank you. No racism, please. We're British. Knee. Uh, <laughs> Colin, Colin Kaepernick said, I don't like racism. I'm going to get on one knee to say no. That's what he said. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> as we as we dance over those particular eggshells. Um yeah, very very samey lineup. So yeah, we went we had that same back three as they came out in the second half, uh midweek. So stories on the right hand side. Um Hutch in the middle, Palmer on the left, Johnson and Hunt making up the wing, taking up the wing pack back positions. Uh, the old familiar trio of Bannon, Byers, and Massimo Luongo in in the middle, and then yeah, Berahino on top with Gregory, uh, which I think is possibly my preferred option out of the two. I I really struggle with Patterson as a as a front man. I I, I think he's I like his enthusiasm. Um, I like the fact he is clearly just an absolute lunatic. Um, I don't know if you saw the. 
there was something there was an incident towards the end of today's game where two two well, which we'll get to where two players like looked like they were almost going to come to blows and in the midst of that um Patterson was like pretending to dive and catch the ball at the feet of a, an opposition player and I don't know what that whether that was an in joke whether it was just something he did completely out of the blue <laughs> I don't know what it was but uh that's uh, that's our pato he's a he's a mad lad Anyway, <laughs> we started the midweek game in pretty much the dream way. Hmm. That's not how this one went, was it? Not at all. Um, I was going to say, just getting into this, I thought it was a very nervy start. We didn't look very sure of mm. ourselves at all. Um, Portsmouth looked very, very, very much up for this one. And from that opening kind of passage of play, seemingly more up for than Wednesday, which led to uh, the third minute itself when Portsmouth, thankfully, got their only goal of the game. But it was worrying at the time. What incredibly poor defending. It looked like a complete... I don't know whether it was a miscommunication or a misread. So my... Mm. I've not seen it... I've not really seen it back because we don't show opposition replay... uh, the replay of opposition goals at Hillsborough. Um... So apologies. But my so what it looked like to me was Hunt sort of shouted to leave the ball because he thought it was going out. It didn't have the legs to go out, but he he that's what he was trying to do was shepherd it out. Story sort of could have seen that it was that one, there was a player too close to Hunt, and also that the ball wasn't going to go out and could have probably come across and cleared it, but he didn't. And as a result, what happened was the left winger snuck in. Passed the ball to Hurst, who was completely unmarked in our box, in the six-yard box, in fact. And Hurst just just put it home fairly simply. Very much so. I, what was what was Hutchinson doing? I've no idea. Yeah, he was he was somewhere around. I have heard. Uh, I do remember. Well, I was reminded. I should give credit where it's due. Um, my sister Suzanne uh, reminded me that Tom Lee's talked about. When Hillsborough is full and loud, it's easier to play at the away end because you can hear each other. If right. you're at the cop end, you can't you can't communicate in the way you normally would. Um, so I wonder if I wonder if there was just an immediate like overwhelming noise that they just couldn't have, they didn't have the usual lines of communication. I don't know. Which is interesting because I mean, there's a lot of factors that kind of lead to. Wednesday, obviously, preferring to typically, you know, flip the coin, and if they win the toss, they want to kick towards the cop in the second half. So it has been noted, and it's something that I think anyone who, if you've had the pleasure of being out on the pitch, which Rich and I have, or if you've been at pitch level, or if you've even sat kind of close to the stand, you can, very close down, you can see there is a slope. It's, Mm. It's an inclination that probably goes, I don't know, something like three... Maybe a couple of feet, or two or three feet yeah. down downwards on the slope on that incline. <clears throat> so that's been historically something why Wednesday. So it's interesting to hear that as another factor. And there's also the kind of rhetoric, and I think we felt this as well as Wednesdayites of like typically there are the big games and a packed cop feels like it's yeah. trying to suck the ball in. Yes, it's a weird kind of metaphorical vortex. Yes, that, yes, that feels real. Yet it's, you know, obviously it's, it's not, but it's it's a big psychological advantage. So it's interesting to hear that 
Tom Lees say that historically, that, you know, it's bad to, it's difficult to defend. Mm. And, and maybe that's something of a factor that kind of helps us from an attacking perspective. Quite possibly. It, mm. It's one of those, I, I think I'm willing to provide that little bit of understanding and, and maybe, you know, allow those excuses, possibly more so <laughs> given the, I know what the end result is now and it's positive in our favour. But um, I do think it only excuses so much. Each one of those players is a professional who has their, you know, their day job is being a defender. So I expect them all to perform better in that moment, even if they can't talk to each other in the usual way. I expect Hunt to be able to read the pace of a ball and know where his the man he's marking is so that he doesn't get caught out like that. I expect Story to, given that he's got a better picture of it all, go in and clear the ball or or at least block the cross coming. And I expect Sam Hutchinson to mark the man in the middle. They only had one striker for most of this game. So between three of them, they should have been able to watch him most of the time, you'd hope. Um, is that what you were saying about, is that what you think about Portsmouth as formation? Because I, I thought it was more of a Curtis and Hurst partnership. I think the, the two wingers sometimes, they came in one at a time. So we, they did try and have a second person, but um, I, I thought I thought Hurst was pretty lonely most of the time up top on his own. Right, so a kind of a front three, but an isolated one when it goes to, you know, goes on yeah. defense. Yeah, okay. Interesting. I, th- I, I thought, it, I thought is Curtis, Curtis, Curtis looks, number 10. Curtis is number 11, I think. Oh, I liked Curtis, yeah. I like Curtis as well. I thought he was a very good player. Um, mm. I don't like his name. It kind of oddly reminds me of Ronan Keating. But um, <laughs> other than that, I thought he was really good. <laughs> Mind you, Flashcore um, Flash is reckoning it's a four-four-two with Jacobs up top, mm. who I think was replaced. Was he replaced by O'Brien? Uh, possibly. I'm trying to think. He was. That. Yeah, that was the case. But I don't really remember much of him as a player at all. I remember seeing a lot of Curtis. I thought he was, and you know, and Hurst. As much as I really don't want to talk about him in any great detail, other than his goal today, um, you know, he looks quite useful. You thought Hurst looked useful. Relatively so, yeah. I thought I didn't think I wasn't impressed. Um, he took his goal well. I think he had two other good chances where he absolutely fluffed his lines. I I don't know. I just didn't think he. We've been blessed with some good number nines, and they played the game played the game in a different way. I'm thinking sort of Fletcher and uh, Hooper and who are you to an extent. Um, He's a long way off. I, I I just didn't think he did anything. I don't think he was. Well, I don't think he was available for his teammates most of the time. I don't think he competed particularly well in the air. Um, I, I mean, something seems to be more working for him now than it has historically. Because I mean, he's he's getting some goals. Yeah, he's bagged like I swear he's bagged like fourteen goals this season. I think he's. I think he's right up. To be fair, yeah. So something seems to. Be, I mean, it didn't work for him at all at Rotherham. You know, we. I think no. we. We've looked on with some kind of interest to see if you of know course, if it was yeah. another you know something we we mishandled or missed out on or whatever happened with the dealing of that. Um, I suppose what I'm thinking is see, and, mm. and he didn't go anywhere with his career. Uh, well, he's had a he had a perfectly fine career as a league footballer, but he never went to 
the echelons. So if we're talking about someone who supposedly is going to be spoken in the same breath of it as his father, potentially. Mm, he's 23 looking at Yeah, that's uh, looking at a similar prospect, similar sort of player, similar sort of age. We just mentioned uh, earlier Gary Medee. I just think he was a far more accomplished footballer at that age and that time than George Hurst looks to me. I just... That's fair. I think maybe there is a sign of him maybe kind of getting it together, but I, I do agree with maybe. you to the fact that, yeah, it's not looking like he's um, prem, you know, England call-up material, you know. Which is, yeah, which is fine. Well, no, most it is totally aren't. fine. It's, no, most people aren't, <laughs> I know. And you, you know, but um, some of the hype and history and the genealogy around horse, yeah. horse, <laughs> horse junior. Horse. Horse, George Horse. That's, that's funny. <laughs> I've created this Horse new, uh, really uh, unimaginative kids, kids, uh, kids puppet. What's it called? <laughs> uh, George Horse. Sounds like I'm made up in the spot. You know, I'm looking around for like inspiration. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I, I don't so... think he's gonna be. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he's he's gonna be any great great shakes at that level. But certainly, you know, looks like he's gonna. Carver career is a decent. He'll be fine. Third, yeah, third, second tier striker. He he looks like he'll probably boss about between League One and Championship. He'll be a bit too good, or or quite good in the league in League One, and not quite good enough for the Championship. And that mm. will be that will probably be his trajectory, unless something changes. I mean, we've had we've seen some players turn things around this season in a way. I was. It's not the end of our season, thankfully, but uh, I was sort of looking and thinking like how many players, how many assumptions early on in this season have proven wrong and most of them in in a positive way. I was, you know, Johnson's just become such an incredible player for us. George Byers has been wonderful this second half of the season. Berahino's looks like a real player. And on the other side, we've barely seen anything of Adam Aaron, who looked like he was going to, probably be the star of the show early doors um mm. anyway so that's, that's I, I i digress um so the worst possible start really um the, uh, that, that's sort of every wednesday night's nightmare scenario is that we we come out looking terrified and um almost immediately concede a goal and george hurst scores it that's almost everybody's <laughs> <laughs> waking nightmare over this past week <laughs> immediately happens <laughs> what how do you how do you decide who wins when uh, i mean it always it's incredibly it's a big jackpot shared with a lot of people when waking nightmare bingo is hit for every uh, wednesday night in the ground yeah. <laughs> they're like well it was you know it was a hundred thousand um pounds in the kitty um but you're all gonna basically win you're all going to win about £3.50, basically, I think. <laughs> it's the it's the start of Scream, where you're like, oh, Drew Barrymore's in it. And just... <laughs> she, does, she, doesn't, she doesn't even make the credits. She doesn't even make the credits. But they go, oh, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Was in it. Like 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we, thankfully, thankfully, we we did we did pick ourselves up and uh, mm-hmm. start to actually t- actually take an active role in this football match, which is good. 
Yeah, I, um, things start to kind of pick up in terms of notes. Um, I can do most of the driving for the moment, here, Rich. Yeah, you can do. Yeah, notes. thank you. You were there, busy lapping, lapping it all up, having a party, <laughs> getting some, getting some inflatables, and getting the old lady Hillsborough rocking. Um, yeah. we, we got a corner on the eighth minute. Hundred inflatable bananas. <laughs> Forget the consequences. There you go. You were tying together like bushels, weren't you? Bushels of inflatable bananas. <laughs> I was. I Eighth was. minute, we get a corner. Not much to it. We do a short corner routine by Bannon. That doesn't come to anything. Mm. Um, we'll get on to short corners because I think um, that was a, you know, very typically, I know, like, I remember from our chats recently, we talked about, yes. um, I, I do share a dislike for short corners, you mm. know. Suddenly become yeah, become a generally. bit impatient, a bit uh, a bit impatient. North Stand man, Garrett Garrett forward. Um, yes, just, yes. Just get it get it in box, basically. Get it in you box. Know. Yes, <laughs> just, I tend to agree. Just uh, maybe tempted to shamefully shout, put it in the mixer. Um, oh, <laughs> just quickly, there was. Mm-hmm. What did you make of the the? I think before their goal, even. There was a. It looked a very clear push on Gregory in the box. Did you Did you make anything of that? I didn't. I didn't actually have that on my notes at all. It just looked like a full on. I, I thought it was later on arms that length. Gregory was fouled and nothing was given. So. Oh, he was. It, it wasn't the only time that happened. It was. Yeah, there was. That was an incident that uh, that reoccurred. It was one of the themes of the afternoon. Yeah, it is a recurring theme on Wednesday that we barely get any change out the referee for, you mm. know, our strikers getting slapped, tickled, and assaulted in numerous ways up uh, in the final <laughs> yes. third of the pitch. Tenth uh, minute, Robinson of Portsmouth does a horrendously terrible back pass, and we almost take advantage from Berahino. So yes. we're starting to get a bit vibrant. We're starting to uh, get the bit between our teeth here. Fourteenth mm. minute, Berahino does well to get a corner from a through ball, uh, led to a very flurry of half chances. It felt like almost something was going to kind of drop in that space. Mm. Um, and then that was that the first us... real bit of quality, wasn't it? Bannon's yeah. little flick over the top. And, and Berahino did really well to win a corner from it because it was a bit of a hiding for nothing. Very much so, yeah. Um, and then that kind of leads Sorry. us to... No, no, that leads us on to the 16th minute. And it's, it's Gregory, who did it's... excellent to collect the ball from a very, very, very good Berahino takedown, I must say. That was a mm. very cultured piece of football from uh, yeah. Saka Berahino. He pinged it out to Johnson. Johnson brought it forward. Looks like he was... I wasn't entirely sure what he was trying to do. Do you think that was a cross or do you think that was a shot? He absolutely fizzed it. Either way, he, he <laughs> really fizzed it in, didn't he? He really mullered it, yeah. He really put his foot through it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he struck it very hard and low across the floor. And Gregory, just uh, just a wonderful kind of interception deflection. Amazing, yeah. So took it into the corner. Just gorgeous. I mean, there's such lovely play. It's, um, I, I want to give the benefit of the doubt and say it was a cross. I think Johnson does like to, the the infamous, we've, we've already talked, if we're using sort of hoary old cliches, we've done Keystone Cops. Um, the Corridor of Uncertainty. I think is where is where Marvin Johnson really likes to uh, 
to deliver those balls is in that in that corridor of uncertainty. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't who doesn't like delivering their balls to the corridor of uncertainty? But uh, Marvin Johnson really relishes the challenge there because um, he quite often draws a save out of the keeper with his crosses. So I think he is kind of he's he's playing on that knife edge of is this a a shot that will sneak in at the far post or is this a cross that I want a striker to get on the end of? But yeah, Gregory is in such fine form that he just made a very difficult chance look super easy, like like it was nothing. Great stuff. Brilliant. Um, the only thing that disappoints me, Rich, is before the beginning of the season, I said that uh, we would sign a number nine who would get us 15 goals a season. And now he's proving me wrong because he's got 16 goals this season. Hey! He got 15 with his hat-trick midweek, took him from 12 to 15. This takes him to 16. Um, I guess there's an interesting thing that you mentioned about Johnson kind of, you know, plowing it into that corridor uncertainty. Like... <laughs> oh, I just, just got the innuendo there, so that was fun. Was a nice old... Nice little aftertaste treat for us all there. <laughs> Including maybe me and feeling a bit smug with that one. Um, you get the impression you feel the opposition defenders are kind of very apprehensive at such a ball. Mm. There's a general yes. feeling of like, if Gregory's not the one to deflect that in, it could be a, a hapless, gormless Pompey actually, defender. In real time, I thought it was an own goal. I've got to, I've got to admit, I thought... Mm. It, uh, and then they wouldn't. They didn't show it on this. I don't know what was going on with the AV stuff today, but they didn't show replays at all. I don't think of the goals. So I thought, oh wow! So if if given it to Gregory, maybe he was offside. Um, but no, it was a perfectly good goal. It was, it was completely onside. It was a great finish. I don't know why we weren't allowed to ever see it again. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's Sky's fault. I don't know. Let's blame Sky. Boo hiss. Vuhis, what's what's point of big telly if we can't watch? What's point of big telly if you can't watch our lights on it? Exactly. Exactamundo. 1-1. One, one. We're back in it. 1-1. One, one. The thing back that I it. didn't think... It just, it's just so... I'm still just knowing this Wednesday team and how much of this... How much of a season we've seen before we started getting to the point of going behind and coming back from behind. I know. We love The hallmarks it, and history of kind of last season and just having an incredibly poor record of this, mm. it, it still worries me. So it, it just made me think there was still a lot of the game to be played. And I, I remember feeling like there's a lot of the games we played and also the fact that this, you know, it looked like a very sunny, beautiful day in Essex. It was. And yeah. bumper, bumper crowd usually ends up quite well on last day of the season for Wednesday. You know, we like this late April, early May weather. We do. We do. For the owls. Um, the old lady loves the sunshine. She does. She starts, uh, she's got a solar-powered rocker. <laughs> uh, 21st minute, Byers does so well to get forward and touch it around a Pompey midfielder. Um, his through ball into the box is a bit too heavy, though. Mm. Um, 20, 22nd minute, great cross to Gregory, who does one of those uh, I've been shot headers, but to be fair, it was a little bit difficult. Weirdly yeah. given offside for no reason whatsoever. I know. That this... was the strangest decision. There were a number of, of questionable decisions. I mean, thankfully, we didn't have to defeat the referee today. 
But yeah, um, the referees ne- was never asked to make a big decision today, which really helped because he got so many things wrong or was busy when he didn't need to be, and yeah, uh, kind of another kind of baffling inconsistent refereeing performance but that that seems to be par for the course i th- i thought Byers actually i thought his pass was pretty good i thought berahino maybe uh didn't quite go for it with the with the the vigor he could have but um yeah fair enough mm. Byers was having a good game though he was he was busy he's everywhere again indeed he was uh, 24th minute, Bannon pings one long on very short notice on the halfway line. Perfect for Gregory to take a touch and thunder a half volley on the angle. I believe it's, uh, <laughs> is it Gavin Basunu, who's the name of the um, yes the Portsmouth keeper? I think they've gone on loan from Chelsea. Is that correct, I think? Uh, Man City. Man City. He, supposedly he is he's a hot property. Um, uh, like lots of Premier League teams are looking at him this uh, summer, apparently. He's a he's a Republic of Ireland international, uh-huh. um, and um, and he's, yeah, he's at City. He was I think he would get in the squad sometimes when we were looking at it and saying like, how come Westwood isn't getting in? Um, oh, interesting. Would sort of say why that why is this seventeen year old getting in? But supposedly he's he's a yeah he's he's a he's a big deal. But it wasn't impressed with him either today. <laughs> I thought largely he was okay. I mean, actually, the interesting thing about that one was it was a very kind of knee-jerk reaction. I thought he was fortunate. I thought, like, he... I I don't think he was alive to it. I don't think his reactions were there. I think it was more of a question of him being in the right space at the right time. I think there was a number Mm. of shots which were kind of directly down his throat. Yeah. Which... Uh, maybe maybe a, says a lot of, uh, about our shooting prowess today and yeah. Wednesday that, hey, we scored four goals, but uh, we had a good few number of decent chances else. They called it a good save on the commentary from that one. Um, I, I said so. he looked a touch fortunate, looked like a startled knee-jerk frog. <laughs> but it, it's a, it was a stunning strike. Gregory is... He's feeling himself right now. It's clear, yeah. it's clear as day. Yeah. And like this was some, it's the sort of finish. If he'd scored it, it's the sort of thing that we've been watching Ronaldo do for years and years. Just a perfect first touch, and then a vicious volley that that asks the question of the keeper. But whether it was whether it looked good or intentional or not, he did manage to save it, which is to his credit. Um, but. Great, great effort from Gregory. And there was one in the second half, which was kind of a mirror image in some ways, although he went with a very different type of finish for it. Uh, But just clear to see, he's just thinking, just get a shot away because you're doing a good job right now. Put the the house on Gregory. Put the farm on Gregory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Are we, are we, are we circling the... The, the second yet or where are we where almost are we 20th minute uh, that's the moment I think I've commented on earlier Gregory was fouled very clearly but nothing was given right. um, that was that was also not a was that good... the one where he was kind of like tossed over his he was kind of hauled over and there was a bit of yeah. um, there was a bit of arm thwacking um, it was a little bit UFC I'm going to be honest yeah yeah it looked like a judo throw yeah 30th minute, Bannon hit one goalwards from Palmer's cutback and Bizzuno again mm. with his uh, frog heroics. 30, 34th minute, this brings us into, I think this is, brings us into the goal. 
No idea how he won the corner there. So in the, in the preamble to this, Gregory did amazing to keep the ball in. I actually thought it went out because it actually mm. ran off towards the uh, the cheese corner kind of end. Okay. I'm pretty certain it went out, to be honest with you. Okay. The linesman didn't seem to, to bat an eyelash of that. He kept it in, cycled it back, and then Byers almost counts off a player. And actually, I, I could probably see, I've not gone and checked um, Danny Cowley's post-match thoughts on this. Um, but I'm fairly certain that it wasn't a corner. I think it came back oh, off Byers. Okay. I think at one point it was Byers yeah. cannoned it off the guy, and I was like, oh, it's going wide. It's like, then Byers touched it wide. So, My initial thought was, oh, he's been unlucky, and then I was surprised we got the corner. But um, I was told by people around me that he was off the pitch when it hit him, but I don't know. I Yeah, from my angle, I don't know. My angle, X yeah. thousand miles away. I know. I know. <laughs> but, yeah. Got that lovely little Doctor Strange like portal into uh, Hillsborough. <laughs> have a look on things. Um, the resulting corner is a glorious mess, but we score. So Bannon kind of um, hit, I think he kind of did a bit of short corner fuckery, as I've put it here. <laughs> and then it kind of came, it was a very ballooned cross back into the mixer, back into the box, wasn't it? And I yeah. had to watch this one numerous times over. I do enjoy um, Vancouver Owls, who's always a fun follow for checking on because he uh, notally records uh, the highlights of the games. Nice. But thank you. Appreciate nice, it. Yeah. And the good thing is bringing um, a, <clears throat> a Twitter goal, because I don't get any, I, I, get the, I get to see it once, I get to see it again. I don't get to see it back on half time unless I want to screw back in the game on the timeline. So I just brought yeah. it up and it just played it on loop because I got to watch it in a very JFK-like fashion, this nice. one. So, because I was wondering whether the first header, I wasn't sure who it was. I think Gregory was going for it, but Gregory missed it. I think there's another player in the middle. I think I want to say it's Luongo. Um, but he doesn't get a header. It bounces off the head of a Portsmouth player. And then that kind of loops back for Story. Story is kind of diving backwards. The Portsmouth <laughs> Sorry, Karen, please do. Yeah. Well, no, the Portsmouth player headed it back towards his own goal, bizarrely, didn't he? It was like across it, towards the left, because I, I mean, because that's where, yeah. you know, but like, you know, yeah, but not, but not a good defensive header because that's not keeping it alive. You know, the, yeah. It is keeping it alive. Sorry, it's not kind of, you know, it's not killing <clears> it. You're not it's heading away. You're not heading it behind. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. just keeping the chance alive for the opposition. Yeah. And and that's where, like, you know, it was like a falling knockback from Story. And he was kind of, you know, um, it looks like he was kind of taken down in not okay. by a way of a foul, but just actually going for the ball um, by the defender. He was there. So it kind of comes in. And then I f and then basically Berahino does really well, takes a touch. He, it comes off his chest. I think they were protesting very heavily about a handball. And I'm, I'm curious okay. if, like, Cowley's going to come out with something about that. Anyway, Berahino does so wonderful to take a little touch, doesn't oh, yeah. control, little touch, and there's just the patience to wait just for that moment, for that little corridor, yeah. just in between, like, the three players he has around him and including Jordan Story, who's on the deck at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just rolls it into the corner. Um, the other thing... That's some... oh, a good Oh, the other thing I was going to say with the handball is uh, one of my notes. One Pompe one Pompey player was viciously tapping his right forearm, 
presumably for some <laughs> strange call of handball on Berhino, and not maybe vehemently remonstrating the referee how many syllables it is. <laughs> Sounds like... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like sandball. Um <laughs> but no, I, I think we've been treated to clearly Berahino is a long way from the fifteen million pound man that we keep getting you know, every time we're on Sky they talk about. But we've had some moments that really show what a special player he was, has been, still is in some ways. And I think that we've, we, talk, we talked about his sort of turns and shots being something that's kind of next level. And I think that that coolness in that moment, that was kind of like keeping your head whilst everybody around you is losing it, is, is a real show of a, of, a, of a quality player in those situations. And uh, that was great. Nobody, nobody else in the ground would have scored that goal. No, well, nobody else on the pitch would have scored that goal other mm. than Berahino. Because mm-hmm. um, he did take that moment to settle himself and, and finish it off. And yeah, well done to him. Well, um, Another one that's completely surprised us the second half of this season and, and uh, more power to him. What's next, incident-wise, Luke? What happened? What's next? Oh wow! So there's a lot of st- there's a lot of us. Um, you know, the um, the sleeping giant is awake, and you know we're getting the old lady rocking, and the players are just just absolutely going for it. Tails, tails are up. Tails are up. That's a much better way of saying it. Thank you, Rich. Thirty-eighth <laughs> minute, Bannon takes a ball of a wonderful virtual, wonderful virtuoso little bit of winning the ball from Luongo. Mm. Did some great kind of juggling. And just a brilliant tenacity. Uh, puts yeah. it across and it's put behind. The resulting corner goes out to Byers, who brings it to the byline after a lovely touch of his hapless defender. You know, takes it past his defender. He fizzes yeah. it on the floor for a flat-footed story to just ping it off his gangly frame, inclusive of his <laughs> humongous feet. Lovely free it one. Was great. Actually, and then this is a funny thing, you know, I did a bit of um, knocking of Jordan's story in, in that mm. initial bit of commentary in my notes. And I went back and watched it and I, I said, actually, as additions I know, I, I went back and, and as I said, you know, again, shout out to Vancouver Isles for putting the goals up. Yeah. So I went back and watched the free one again on loop. And one thing I really enjoyed doing was I, I got to see a lot more of Byers's guile to have the ball yeah. on, on the, you know, on the byline and all that he did to kind of set up the chance and I must say, mm. like, we, you know, we talked about, I talked earlier in the podcast about um, Gregory being brought up as a right back and changing positions. Yeah. Do you wonder if Jordan Story maybe somewhere, as a, a joke, maybe he plays a striker in his toddler years? Because I can't say the man's any younger <laughs> than he actually is anyway, and he looks like a, looks like a, a gangly boy anyway. Yes, but yes. just wonderful positioning from him. And just brilliant anticipation that he does in the goal. You can see him kind of ghost in. Mm. And he just kind of, you know, just shows the commitment and the movement to get in the right place for it. He does. I think, actually, he doesn't have a, for a defender, I don't think he's got a, he's got, he's got a, a bad record at all in terms of goal scoring. I think he is someone who, um, yes, yeah, so I don't know what his background is, but he certainly... He scores vo- he scored volleys for uh, for Preston. He's obviously scores headers because he's a defender, and that's what they tend to do. Um, but he's also yeah, his two goals for us have been one of them was a well, they're both been tap ins basically, haven't they? 
when mm. he's kind of been in a situation, been alive, and and the balls ended up with him, and he's he's done his job. So yeah, fair play to him. I love the uh, I love the run from Byers. He's uh, this is like a new kink to his game again, where he's suddenly a dribbler now. He he runs past people. I don't think we've seen that at all from him. <laughs> and the last two games, he's just sort of started drifting through tackles somehow. I don't. Uh, it's lovely to see. Mm. And yeah, busy in all the best ways. What a great time to score that that third goal as well. I think that that sort of wrapped up the game. I know we 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 went on and got another, which is fantastic. But I think getting that one just before half time, mm. it banishes nerves and um, just yeah, just makes the whole thing so much. I mean, any time to score obviously is nice, but I I just I actually thought when we had the set piece. This would be a great time to to grab another if we were going to, because I think it it shuts them up till till half time. It means they've probably got to come out and be a bit maybe overextend themselves in the second half, and that means that we'll get chances on the break. So it just yeah that it, it's so important. It makes so much of a difference. The difference between two one and three one at that stage is is huge. Uh, so. Yeah, well done to the to the team for for seizing the moment. Mm-hmm. And I've not really got much else apart from um, if I was a Pompey fan, I think I'd be annoyed that at the 40th minute, Gregory absolutely killed momentum for seemingly a head injury, but so the, <laughs> the ref stopped the game for that, and then he just basically just gave it a bit of a rub, and then he was fine. See this again, whether. I actually think it was a bad... I, I think that should have been a yellow card. I think the player's gone to do Gregory. He made absolutely zero attempt to win the ball. Um, but the ref missed that. Gregory, as you say, goes down, holds his head. I'm sorry to sound like a broken record. Aren't there supposed to be protocols for that? It's not the player's yes. decision. Yes. If, yes he, if, if he gets checked out or not, he gets checked out. You can't mm. rely on a player. Oh, did you did you hurt your head or not? You can see he's holding his head. That's why the game got stopped. He he needs to get checked. He needs to have whatever whatever this brilliant check they do, where they look at their face for five seconds and they know whether they're concussed or not. Um, I da- <laughs> I mean, I've got my doubts about it. But if we're going through this facade of there's a protocol that looks after people because we care about concussions and CTE, we might as well do it properly. Yeah. Daft that nobody came on to look at Gregory in that situation. Daft. Absolutely crazy. I mean, I was glad he was there. I was glad he was able to defend the drop ball because they were looking to just immediately whip that into the box and effectively make it a set piece. Um, But (laughs) this is all about protecting players from themselves. The players want to go out and play. But if they're concussed, they shouldn't be allowed to. I completely agree. That's me. I will step down off my soapbox now and let us get on with the game. And that's that's pretty much about it. Uh, Bannon tried a very cheeky Mm. chip to finish off the half and just in the bit of stoppage time, uh, which didn't come off. Half time. Half time. Um, Half time. This is very, very favorable. I said, that'll do. It it felt weird to be put in, to be there in, in such a kind of situation that... Yeah. You know, like this was, and I mean, interestingly enough, to kind of look elsewhere 
in the league. You know, it it was worrying to look and to think about going into this final situation, this final game. Um, however, the only thing that seemed to be um, a thing that really kind of helped Wednesday was MK Dons given a pretty hearty first half yes. of Plymouth. You know, that yeah. really meant that it was it was uh, it was fine whatever we did, effectively. Not that the players would know it, obviously the players are professional and wanted to go out and, and play and, and be you know, have a decent end to the season, take them into um into into pre season, but a nice comforting and the much bit of knowledge. Schumacher, the much lauded Schumacher uh, um, managed to take Plymouth from what was it first by eight points at one point to outside of the playoffs. Uh, so he's 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 another great great manager. Are you are you annoyed upset about that? Thanks to uh, some comments in the media he was made previously. There was a, they were trying to make him some sort of you know wunderkind of managerial realms, and all he really did was sort of come in on the coattails of Ryan Lowe and not do quite as well. But anyway, there we go. Um, I'm not. It's not a bitterness, really. It's just a kind of. It's, it's worth noting in passing that that was that was a pretty it was a pretty terrible <laughs> job he did in general. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so second half. It's second. still gloriously sunny. It's still gloriously sunny. I'm loving hearing just on this recording. Rich has got some bird song behind him. All is mm. all is right in the world. Wednesday have won. <laughs> Rich is almost in like uh, something of. <laughs> Uh, was it Song of the South? Is that what it's called? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's uh... the, the the Disney film that didn't make it to Disney Plus. <laughs> yes, because it's a bit a bit racist. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah. So uh, potentially racist Disney films aside. Um, <laughs> anyway, we feel like we're one with cartoon nature, which is always lovely. Fifty second yeah. minute. Yeah. Uh, there was a free kick loot in from Pompey. Bailey was obstructed, but it drifted over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other end as well, we then kind of matched that on the 53rd minute with a free kick outside the box from Byers being fouled. Um, we yep. tried a short free kick, which was very poorly executed. Yeah, I must yeah. say, it seemed to be a bit of speed on a pass, which Bannon wasn't looking for. So that, that yeah. kind of overtook him in the moment, I must say. Yeah, that wasn't wasn't a great, great effort. Again, uh, a, a pretty um, a pretty blatant, cynical... Profe- you know, by the book, professional foul, uh, not not given a yellow card by the referee. He was he was very kind to to those Pompey Pompey defenders. Um, he really let them get. He protected them any time that naughty Gregory tried to touch them um, in response to getting absolutely manhandled. Uh, it was always a foul in their favour. And uh, when they did step on the egregious line of things and and, and foul um they were never really punished for it uh so yeah nice and nice uh, the ref was a nice nice pompey fan and did, did his job beautifully <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's a that's your short uh free kick routine just was a bit messy bit messy didn't yeah. come off there's a few kind of piffy kind of half chance moments. I think okay, yeah. 56 minute. I'm going to focus on this one. Skip over one from Hurst, which I thought was he thought he was offside, which was weird. Um, okay. But apparently it wasn't, and then he got a corner out of it. it. Didn't come to anything. 56 minute. Johnson pulls it back and buys hit once Goldwood, and Basuno does a good stop with his feet. 
Yes, that was that was a nicely made chance, well hit shot, and a, and a good save by Basuna. To be fair, definitely. Having, having said, I wasn't that impressed with him. He did get some good saves. He also let in four goals, <laughs> and and his kicking wasn't great. I, I agree. I suppose I'm looking. At, I'm looking at him in comparison to our own Bailey here. You know, we've had a whole season of watching young Bailey. And they I think they're similar kind of ages. I think they've had similar trajectories in, in both, life. You know, they're both two, you know, looking over those, uh, the Irish borders, you know, Northern Ireland yes. international keeper, Irish international keeper, both young, promising, Dave. on loan from a Premier League club, you know. Yeah, they both kissed that beautiful Blarney stone and they are, they love a Guinness and um, yeah, that, but I I, I, don't, I, th- I think I'm just sort of comparing and contrasting. And I, I think I I really do marvel at how good Bailey Peacock Farrell is with the ball at his feet more often than not. It's uh, it's pretty special. Mm. Um, I know he's made some mistakes and he did have a bit of a scary moment in the second half as well, which maybe we'll, we'll get to. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm just sort of I'm comparing similar prospects and just thinking I'm, I'm glad we've got Bailey Peacock Farrell really hmm. um, have made a sub that's where they brought in O'Brien O'Brien you know nearly bagged with his first touch and that was... he looked mm, he looked decent I was a bit worried when he came on I thought I thought they then they then went to a more traditional two up top mm. at that point um, and we didn't quite know what to do with O'Brien for a while yeah. he caused us a few headaches I was going to say, 64th minute, O'Brien exceptionally close for Portsmouth. The weirdly named Ronan Curtis strokes one in for the onrushing <laughs> O'Brien, who with his first touch just plonks it into the side netting. But it was mm. very decisive, very quick, very powerful hit. Yeah, it was close. First time. It yeah. uh, would have been impressive had it uh, gone the other side of the post and maybe gave uh, gave old Bailey something to think about. Something. Something to ponder. <laughs> <laughs> But guess what, Rich? Next minute, we're asking the questions. Yeah. Ah, have that. That's How do you like that? Oh, my word. Nearly goal 17 for Gregory. Hutch did a oh. brilliant long play. Just pinged it beautifully yeah. long for the on-rushing Gregory. Took it down on the angle and almost lobbed the keeper. It was just the wrong side oh. of the bar. It's so close. It was beautiful. So wonderful. It was so just, beautiful. Just a man just full of pomp and confidence. Yeah. he He's so confident and so kind of has such self-belief at this point in time that I still, when I even when I saw it hit the roof of the net, I still kind of believed it had got in somehow. You know, like I was persuaded by his self-belief. I was bowled over and just was like, yeah, but it, it was a goal though, wasn't it? Oh. <laughs> But it, yeah, alas, alas, it hit the top, it hit the roof of the net. That mm-hmm. that confidence trickster Lee Gregory didn't think didn't hoodwink the referee in the same way that he stole my heart. <laughs> uh, as we see a wonderful, you know, bit of uh, bit of nigh assisting from Hutchinson. Mm. Hutchinson comes into a bit of heroics at the back as well. So yeah. they went on the break. It was a bit of a worrying two-on-two. Hutch kind of managed to uh, shepherd Thompson out and did a very, very important challenge, which uh, he got exceptionally right on the edge of the box on Thompson. He did. 
He did. I think helped by the fact that there was good cover from Palmer. I think Palmer did a nice job in behind him that let him, it let Hutch commit and know that we weren't completely bereft if if uh, if he missed. Um, but again, that was O'Brien. I think that was down to O'Brien's influence that chance because we were worried about him, so we were putting on two. We were putting like two, three men on him, and in that in the case of that break, he was able to find a teammate and the teammate rushed in to get one of the gaps that was left but thankfully we did we did manage it really well it was uh, it was a great tackle from Hutch and uh, yeah some good as i say some good uh, backup from uh, from his boy palms mm. 75th minute brilliant save by bpf from a corner you know it's whipped in mm. a very long looping header brings a lot out of Be- peacock farrell touch it onto the post that was and, and then the follow up put wide mm. by by uh, george Hurst. yeah he had really when you see where he's his starting position and where that where he saved that ball, he had no right to save that. That was an incredible save. Mm. He sort of had to claw it back from behind him. It was uh yeah, well done, well done, baby Peacock Farrell on that front. Mm. He a uh, couple of times saved our bacon, and maybe that's the next thing you're gonna talk about is another another time he, uh, <laughs> he came to the rescue. <laughs> I feel like sometimes you and I, Rich, we have to apologize for some things that we make comments of in notes, and then it kind of comes back and really bites, almost looks like it's going to bite us on the behind. Because I said <laughs> in between the 75th minute and the 78th minute, which is something I'll come on to, I said the club yeah. should put footage of us stroking, as Wednesday stroking around the back at 3 1 up, would kindly put <laughs> me to sleep with the knowledge of things being right in the world. And then as soon as I finish that note, uh, Peacock Farrell was going to action as he stopped from a her strike. Yeah, good stuff, good save. He was. I don't know what went wrong communications wise that he was just given so much time and space, Hurst. Um, but yeah, he turned, got a shot away, and a great, great save with the with his body by Bailey Peacock Farrell. Thank goodness. Mm. <laughs> that little, those little, one of those two moments you know goes the other way it's a very different it's a very different last uh, last 10 minutes or so we've we've got another little kind of mini horror show to talk about there is i i think possibly maybe i really hope this isn't something that's going to mar the end of this season or what whatever okay. happens from now on 80th minute um so i initially thought it was windas who was down and looked in huge pain and oh yeah i was wondering like that's not the best sight to see but you know, in a weird way, thinking with thinking about Windass, thinking you know maybe it's just not something we can rely on. Then I was really, really dismayed to see that it was actually Bannon and not Windass. It was Bannon, yeah. It was a long busting. He'd gone on a long busting run from like the edge of his own box, hadn't he? And then managed to get a a through ball pass away, and then just collapsed in a heap and looked very unhappy as well. Like. Yeah. I I was really worried. I think there was a couple of people near me sort of said, oh, it just looks like cramp or something. So maybe, but he was holding his hamstring. Everybody that's said like that's, that's the thing. It looks like he's holding his hamstring. I mean, a player like him, no. it's it's an exceptionally rare for him to have a, a, a kind of leg injury of that type of thing, right? He's incredibly fit. He, you know, it's, it's it's staggering really how few games he's he's missed in his time at Wednesday mm. uh, through injury. Um, 
Part we forgot to call out that Mr. Barry Bannon won uh, EFL goal of the season, didn't he? Yes. And well he also done. made the League One team of the season. Made the team of the season. Yeah. No, well done. Well done to Barry Bannon. Mm. Um, so what I will say to hopefully salve your your worries, Luke. Please do. Is uh, I I don't know how. I've been, I mean, I've been how many years I've been going along to sit to see Sheffield Wednesday. But somehow the end of season lap of it's not always a lap of honor but the players going on a wander around the pitch and getting clapped around and having their family with them etc um that always seems to appear to be a complete afterthought by wednesday and a haphazard is this happening is it not happening is something happening is it not happening when's it happening is it and Almost in, just invariably that what they managed to let happen is like half the crowd just drift out thinking, oh, well, they must not be doing anything. Um, this time was a bit better in that the, the players all stayed on the pitch. Yes, I saw uh, that, yeah. That's when my my footage left for the day. Yeah. At the, uh, at so the they, stayed on the, they stayed on the pitch and then the kind of children and wives and other assorted uh kinfolk came and joined them from from the crowd um so you know it's always a nice thing and you get you nice to see you know oh such and such has seven children that's that's interesting um but bannon bannon was walking free so his he's uh he's got a um a fiance and a and a young daughter um and he was walking freely all the way around the pitch he was not limping. He was not laboring his leg at all. And he was also sort of picking up his little girl and uh, several times. So I, I, I don't want to say <laughs> Dr. Rich does not want to give him a clean bill of health based on that, that particular examination. Mm. Uh, but doing some diagnosing from afar, I sort of feel like he probably wouldn't have been picking up his little girl and putting her on his shoulders and stuff if if he had a hamstring injury so hopefully it's just something with with a bit of tiredness and fatigue he just sort of felt a bit of cramp or a bit of something and it's nothing it's nothing too uh too bad uh so yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed here's hoping you know we haven't really talked much about i mean it's it's nice to do a coverage of a game and not really talk about substitutions because you know, we didn't need mm. to. You know, the sun was out. We're enjoying no. ourselves. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, obviously, so he came off. Windass had come on at this point for Berahino with the 76-minute mark. Um, at this point, Barry Bannon exited the game to replace by uh, Callum Patterson. And and then the 84th minute, you know, Patterson took a really good crack from distance. He did. Bizzuno touched it over. And, and then I believe was the corner taken by Joshua Windass. It was young. It was a a, a, a blonding uh, maybe maybe getting getting ready for a bleached playoff uh, final like his dear old Dar. Um, but yeah, a, a, a sandy blonde Josh, Joshua Windas, Trumpy Bomb himself took the corner and just swung it in so easily into the mixer, and with nobody marking there, Byers, all he needs to do is just get a little glance on it. And there he is to just steer it into the back stick. 
Wonderful. Sweet, sweet header. 4-1. No, Georgie Byers, we salute you, sir. <laughs> I actually did do a little salute. Did you? I, I don't would. know if you noticed. I, I love that, Rich. Um... I love that, Rich. Because I was going to say, it was such a gloriously <laughs> wank celebration, but I really like it now. I really like it. I love it. I love it when he does it. It's good now. It's good now. Now it's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a... I mean, it's just a goal from a... It's a headed goal from a corner, but it was a really nice one. Very much so, yeah. Oh, it's lovely. Lovely. I mean, I do... I would like to watch it back and see where Bazunu is, because I don't think he should. you should be getting beat there, really, on your line. But... Um, that doesn't take away from great corner, great great finish. What lovely stuff. We're the best, Luke, at corners. We all know this. We all know this. And we've got another two goals. <laughs> another two from goals corners. from corners. I know. We're the best. We're the best around. Never gonna keep our corners out. We're the best <laughs> around. Parody, parody laws, parody. <laughs> I completely missed that. Do you know? So, sorry, I was scrolling. Yeah. I was scrolling back through. Uh, um, it's just this is this is apropos of nothing. A complete needless digression. Apologies ahead of time, but I I had I had cause to uh, scroll through previous episodes on uh, on Spotify, and I think there's more. There's at least one, maybe more than one, that has like a little COVID warning on it. <laughs> So I can't remember what we talked about, but at some point we've been spreading some misinformation about COVID. <laughs> like our fellow Spot- Spotify podcasters, uh, pod- podcaster Joe, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. We, yeah. <laughs> we've, been, we've been spreading some fake news about do you, COVID. Do you ever, do you ever just uh, completely, uh, you know, create fictitious memories and think, do you remember that time, Rich, me and you were smoking cigars and we said that, proclaimed that massive for pussies? <laughs> Oh, no, wait, that was Joe Rogan and Bill Burr. Okay, sorry for you. Well, specifically Joe Rogan and Bill Burr was like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, just a couple of little little bits. Yeah, I want to say it. it was a nice mini moment of Hurst trying to ping one off of Hutch, and he loses out massively. That was, yes. that was fun. And then he kicks it forward, and... Did you see what the mini spat between Byers and Moral was about? No, I was I was wondering if you might have been able to uh, furnish was, me with some extra information. I was on that too book. busy making a note about the hilarity of uh, George no. Hurst trying to be a mini pantomime <laughs> villain shit house and being terrible at it. So, uh, that, was, that was enough amusement for me, and then I put my phone down to see uh, see a bit of yeah. very very aggro fisticuffs. It looked a... very aggro, didn't it? Yeah. It and just... we got the classic referee re- referee and linesman didn't see anything, so he gives two yellow cards, one to mm. each player. Mm. Yeah, it's like, whatever. I didn't see it, but you're both very angry, so I'm just going to give you both a yellow card just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I was expecting a really, like, horrific tackle to go in from one or, or other of them after that. Um, just given that they, they had that little heated spat, he he's another one that looked an all right player. I've got to say, um, just kind of moral pulling the strings at the back. The standout was eleven. He looked strong and quick and kind of had a, had a bit of a, a guile about him. But uh, yeah, intriguing. Um, 
Any 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 more incidents before the end? I'm trying to I'm blanking. Oh, just the last bit. Bailey poorly cleared to Hurst, who puts one in. It's spooned wide by oh, some yeah. some pompey men, and that was that was all she wrote, folks. That's there we go. All she wrote. Comfortable, comfortable three points. And uh, let's just have a quick Almost little. Got... Sorry, carry on. No, I think we're probably headed in the same direction. Uh, we've we've got the Mackums in the playoffs. Yeah, so we end up in fourth place, a point above those Mackums. Um, I just want to take a little second here, just because it's it's fun to look at, to think about how many goals we've scored. We've you know we've had a real yeah. spate in the last the last kind of quarter or so of the season of really banging some goals in. So now we're on seventy eight goals, conceded fifty, a goal difference of twenty eight. Um, I find it sad, both hilarious. I mean, you know, we we lament Stephen Schumacher and his Wunderkind, <laughs> Wunderkind coaching career that Plymouth have missed out by three points, and presumably mm. also a bit of goal difference in the process as well. Um, but also, you know, I think I've mentioned this previously, Oxford United, who've just fallen out yes. of the playoff picture and a team who've given us a bit of a whipping on, on two occasions. Um, top goal scorers in this league on 82 goals. Wow. Wow. And they've missed out on 76 points, which maybe some years gets you in top six on 76. That's, probably, that's a, yeah. Most, that's most a decent output. Um, Wickham managed to sneak in, so they're in sixth place. MK mm. Dons, um, even despite Scott Twine scoring four in a 5-0 victory away at Plymouth, which wow. is astonishing. They're in third place, so it's MK Dons, Wickham, and then us against those Mackhams and two legs. And I think we're Friday, I believe it's Friday and Monday. Friday, Friday and Monday, yes. And we, we're home in the second of those two on Monday. Um, yeah, um, it's intriguing, isn't it? Looking at the other teams in the playoffs, so Sunderland, we, well, would have at the time a real rare hat full of goals for, for Wednesday. Uh, we, we beat them 5-0 at Hillsborough. Um, and then and then went to the Stadium of Light and got battered six 0 <laughs> So it's really hard to know what's going, what's coming in that one. Mm. I know it, um, it's weird to look at the the teams and think who do you really want. I mean, it's such a strong top six. You know, I mean, we can is. look and think we've got six points off of MK Dons, but there yeah. there's certainly no mugs. Um, I developing a weird thing around playing Wickham, just that they've been yeah. a bunch of dutty shithouses that we can't seem to beat. Um, and then Sunderland. Weird weird kind of pasting at their place and then a comfortable victory over them at home as well. So I don't think there's anyone I th- ideal to pick, effectively. No, but I, I do think Wickham are the the hardest style matchup for us, aren't they? I think they, they do... Mm. The way the way their their sort of game plan functions is diametrically opposed <laughs> to the way ours does, it, it, and I I I feel like we're more kind of kindred spirits with a Sunderland or 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 an MK Dons. I think it's more of a a kind of level tussle, mm. whereas Wickham is all about being just spawny and dirty and pointy elbowed and. Etc. 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 Which is the bit of the game that kind of needly bit of the game is the bit where the with the weakest at. I think we can we can football 
with with just about everyone, but we can't have a wrestling match, a boxing match, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, we often Richard yeah. also decided did often uh, ask if he could do a bit of ghost writing for me, and um, one of the ones was yes, sir, we can football, wasn't it, Rich? <laughs> yes, sir, we can football. <laughs> But we need a certain pitch. Um. <laughs> so it was interesting. I mean, the coverage, you know, they did a little bit of wrap up and on uh, the commentary. And, mm. you know, John was going to the idea and saying, oh, you imagine it will, you know, seem to think it would be comfortably be MK Dons in that final as one of the teams. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't no, know what I the. Know. I don't know. It, it's certainly going to be, it's going to be very, very. Very interesting going into that. Anyway, I, one thing I think we haven't done to cap off this, this uh, so for the last time in the regular 21-2022 yeah. season, Luke and Rich of Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast, will pick the Mawam Man of a Match. The Mawam Man of a Match. Ooh. Who gave us something to chew on that was tasty and fruity from this game. <laughs> I've or got a maybe. pick, and I think it's a little bit its a little bit left field this week. Ooh. I'm going to ask, who do you want to go with, Rich, first? Do you know, just my gut feeling. I think I mm. misappropriated and gave him an extra assist. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, on, maybe if I kind of watched the match back, I wouldn't have this exact same feeling. But I think on... So my gut feeling at the game was probably Byers. Um, mm. I think he... He kind of added momentum in some key moments. He broke things up really well at, at, at key moments. And then, obviously, he got himself an assist and a goal. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I, th- I think probably he'd be my pick. But I'm intrigued to, to hear your your left field. Well, I've gone with someone who got a goal and an assist. Someone else who got a goal and assist in this game. Which uh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm also... Wondering if I should nesh out this decision now that you've given a very, very, <laughs> very solid decision in Georgie Byers. And uh, I don't know, I'm tempted Stick to also it, say... To the, tempted to also say episode titles for this one could be No, We Salute You, Georgie Byers. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Jordan's story because I think he was there. Nice! And he did, like, it was a wonderful bit of really putting his body on the line for that assist mm. with Berahino, which was a brilliant goal. Yeah. Right. And it's a key moment Maybe as well. I mean, Byers, it is. goal is, it is a cherry on top. It's not a. It's not a vitally important strike in the in the same way as Berahino's yep. was. Yep. And then John Story had the somehow the nous of a striker to uh, to get in. You know, <laughs> much like I. That's another chat. Another chant we've got work on the in the uh, you know in the, in the wings, folks. Is uh, instead of <laughs> eye of a tiger, it's nous of a striker. And <laughs> now Southern Striker. <laughs> Lovely. And we're also gonna drop in the line about gonna stick it up our rivals as well. <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought there was just there was two very big moments and it was kind of like the advantage, you know, it was I don't know, I was gonna say it was getting to juice and then getting to advantage and winning it, maybe. <laughs> maybe that was it. You know, at that point it yeah, was yeah. advantage Wednesday thanks to Story's great work from that setup for the Berahino goal and then uh, great, great bit of positioning. You know, it's something that really uh, it's... 
just uh you know like i said at the moment just just kind of eluded me and then kind of historically for maybe is is one of his big mishaps midweek you know kind of kind of overlooked yeah. but i think he deserves some kudos yeah. and did, did very well so i that's a good nice. split that's a good split um Byers was very good though wasn't he he was very good but that's but yeah I, I think story was very good as well so that's a good a good call both ways but let's they can share the spoils they can um they can they can each have a bit of the uh the, the boost duo that they win for for being the, <laughs> the Mo, um, different gravy not just another chef of Wednesday podcast man of the match don't eat don't eat it all at once we always joke with the players uh when they get it <laughs> they love that they laugh and laugh don't they they laugh and laugh they laugh and laugh especially especially Bailey is so funny oh Bailey oh boys that's so very funny <laughs> the very thought um <laughs> Oh well, so there's a the, the, the season goes on. We ha- we've got another another match, and and our our podcast will awkwardly fall right in the middle of those two games. So we'll <laughs> we'll have to think about what we do. So potentially we might it might be um, a week's wait to the, to, for the for us to talk about the the second leg. Uh, or maybe maybe we'll do something special. Who knows? Um, but we'll certainly be back again this time next week and talk about the first the first leg mm-hmm. away at the Stadium of Light. Um, and let's let's hope we do a little bit better than last time because six nil would really feel like a big mountain to climb in that second leg. I'm not saying we couldn't do it, but. Uh, I, I, I'd rather, you know, if you're going to climb Everest, uh, Everest, you'd really rather not start uh, from a point of being like underground. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Okay, well, I'm I'm going to say cheerio, folks. Cheerio to you, Luke, and uh, wish you the best for the week ahead. Thanks, Rich. Have a good one, everyone. Cheerio. Bye. <laughs> And there's been a goal of goals, bruh.